Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And this is Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Imani. Imani recently released the Imani i1 dual breast pump featuring the quietest motor on the market. And we will hear more from our sponsor later, but you can head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check our sponsor page. See if you can give them any of your business um, if you need anything and because they make this podcast possible. And also, while you're there, you can scroll down and enter your email address um, and you'll get episodes sent straight to your inbox every week. And now Diane has our review of the week. And this came to iTunes. So thank you so much for putting this on iTunes. I think this is fantastic. More than just breastfeeding. Every woman should listen to this podcast, whether they are breastfeed or not, are a mother, soon to be mother, or any woman that one day wants to be a mother. Although this is a breastfeeding podcast, there are so many more necessary topics that they touch on. And it blows my mind how God designed women's bodies and the bodily process leading into motherhood. So incredibly perfect how everything is all connected. I'm so thankful to have found this podcast when I did. I'm not a mother yet but plan to be someday, hopefully soon, and have learned such important information. I think it's important to be educated on these things before getting pregnant, and society has failed us in doing that. I feel so prepared and excited to enter into the journey of pregnancy and motherhood when the time comes, and a huge factor in that is because of Abby and Diane. Thank you guys for being so incredible and giving us evidence-based info that changes that challenges the mainstream way of thinking and teaching us things that we probably wouldn't be educated on otherwise. I love that she's doing this before having a baby. It's amazing. Getting the info. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Great. Um, I am pretty jealous that I never. I know. It's also kind of sad that these basic, this basic information, because let's, let's face it. Most of the time in this podcast, we are giving information that is counter to like the mainstream information or just things you've never heard about. And this should be like in health class. Yeah. Yeah. Like why I don't like we don't talk about anything people are not given like information and i think that this is comes from this whole like you know religious right of like if we tell if we talk you know about the details of this stuff people will go out and have babies or something i know that they have like you know they don't want anybody to have any education but like these are basic people i you know you go into parenthood i went into parenthood i had no idea like right. really what was going on with my body. None. I had none. And I tell people that because I think people think as, you know, as a lactation consultant, oh, I must have had a good plan. I must have known what I was doing with my kids. Like I had no idea what was going on. None. Plus, I w- my first kid was not planned. So throw that into the mix. Yeah. So now I got this baby I wasn't even planning on having. And now I got to figure out what to do. So I, now I'm really behind the eight ball because I, that was not, what was intended to happen at the time. So, and you get what, like 50% of pregnancies aren't even planned. So that might be an old statistic, but who knows either way it is, it's a lot to try to figure out. And like you said, they don't do it in school. When my kids did reproduction in school years ago, I remember being like, do they talk about breastfeeding? And they're like, mom. And I'm like, no, I'm serious because it's a physiological part of your body. Like how can they, 
I don't understand how you can teach childbirth, have a, a section on reproduction in whatever class they were taking, health or whatever it was, and not talk about breastfeeding. It's a physiological response. It's not a choice. Your body is yeah. just going to do it. Right. So I don't know why we don't talk about it. It's just unbelievable to me. I, I just, I don't know. It's just so crazy. Yeah. I mean, we don't want people to have information that empowers them. That is how this works. Oh, so ridiculous. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, breastfeeding is like such a, it's like, I don't know. And maybe it's, I was saying this to somebody the other day, like maybe it's because this is pretty much what my life revolves around because it's my career, but I feel like it's like one of the only things in the medical world that there is just like this huge tarp thrown over it where nobody knows anything or they're just like pretend they know stuff and give really bad information all the time and just make things up like in what other medical part of the world do you see that you know like do you go to your doctor about like a serious medical issue and people are like they just make stuff up right and you just you know like i mean come on the only other thing yeah really the only other thing i can think of is menopause which well, again, is again, another women's just something thing. that yeah. goes on with women. Yeah, when women, there is a very obvious and well-known, you know, void in, you know, research and literature and all that that go of women's health. My head's in the sand about menopause, by the way. I'm just going to Yeah, that I'm sure. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and it's like that, yeah. I'm just but, bitter. Yeah, there's there's a lot of like, stuff. I know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of hormones, like if you have children later and then you're having mm -hmm. children and then you're um you're gonna go straight into menopause or whatever, you know, obviously it's not it's a process over many years. But um yeah. Yeah. You know, you we don't know so much what to expect or what's going on because there's we're just not we don't talk about it. Right. Yeah, it's really pretty crazy. Uh, but going from that to maintaining milk supply, like that's oh, always yes. a big concern, yes. right? Right. So, and all right. So I got hormones. a couple things. Yeah, exactly. I was just, I was going to say that. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the one thing with this, like, so you could, could kind of look at it and be like, okay, maintaining milk supply. I have to go back to work. How do I maintain my supply when I go back to work? Like that's usually like the biggest, one of the biggest things. If you're home breastfeeding your baby, hopefully there's not a lot of concern over maintaining your supply. It's really addressed more if you're being separated from your baby or if there is like a, a, a serious like milk supply issue. But if everything is fine, I don't want people to worry about maintaining a milk supply. You know what I mean? Like, and I guess the point behind me saying that is that I have had some people say, I was told I need to pump in addition to breastfeeding. Otherwise I won't keep my milk supply. And mm -hmm. that is not true at all. You do not have to pump just for the hell of it to maintain supply. Pumping is only for separation from your baby. That is why we pump. That is the only purpose of pumping is to leave milk for the baby when you cannot physically feed them yourself. Mm -hmm. It is not meant for you to just start pumping right away. Otherwise, your milk supply is going to go away. I don't want anybody to feel like that. If you're latching your baby and feeding your baby and you're triggering your body to make milk with your baby latching, that should be enough. It really should be. 
That's not the end of the episode, though. We do have more to talk about <laughs> than just that. Yes. Well, so, what are, oh, sorry. So uh, no, for, that's okay. For pumping, um, I feel like can well certainly. Um, we could talk about the you know maintaining supply and then some of the hurdles that we'll go through, which is you know can be getting sick, having your period come back. Um, nursing strikes. Mm-hmm. Pumping might come into play here. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's why, like, it's if it's a, if we need it for a reason, absolutely. Right, right. But you shouldn't, like, people are like, oh, yeah, I, you know, they told me I should pump, you know, as yeah. soon as my milk started coming in so that I could maintain my supply. Right. No, right. if your baby's latching, you shouldn't have to do that. But if it is a situation where of like, you know, nursing strikes and stuff like that, um, then yeah, you might have to pump. Because if your baby's not latching, then yeah, pumping is important. And that is actually on my list of ways to maintain your supply is if the baby isn't latching for whatever reason, whether it be, you know, you're having trouble with, with feeds or like in the beginning, or if it's a nursing strike or you're returning to work, or even if you choose to just like have your partner give a bottle every day so that you can have a break, Mm -hmm. those situations you do have to pump because we need to still tell your body that, that you're feeding a baby. So that's where pumping comes into play. If you're not doing that, if you're just kind of like skipping that, then your body after time is going to like not, you know, it's going to, it's going to definitely like close down on supply a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we do have to kind of keep up with it, but to pump just randomly because you feel like it's going to, like your supply is going to drop if you don't, that yeah, feeding the baby right. isn't enough. Um, or like but, straight out, like when they say like, we're in the hospital, start pumping. Yeah. Like that's not necessary you know, if your baby's yeah. feeding fine. Like if everything is fine, your baby's feeding fine, gaining weight, all that stuff is fine. There's no reason to pump. You don't need to pump to maintain your supply if your baby is feeding fine. That's really not, but everybody is so worried about milk supply. It's like the biggest, oh my God, I'm not making enough milk. I need to pump on top of it. And it's like, if we just feed our baby, like that's really, that's really what we need to do is just feed the baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's what's going to tell your body that you, that you have enough milk. Yeah. But one of the biggest things with maintaining your supply that people hate to hear is those overnight feeds. Oh yeah. <laughs> that that is really maintaining your supply. So there's kind of two two things with this, two factors with this. If your baby is waking overnight for feeds and you don't want to wake overnight for feeds, which we totally understand that because nobody wants to, but those overnight feeds are when your hormones that make the milk, which is prolactin, that's when those hormones are highest. So that's why sometimes you wake up, you feel super full in the middle of the night or you're leaking in the middle of the night. You wake up in a pool of milk. Like that is why, because those hormones are higher overnight. So your milk supply is kind of geared up. So taking advantage of that and feeding your baby during the night, get your, your milk supply set up where it's supposed to be. So there is a reason for that. Like we need to have those night feeds. If your baby starts to sleep longer and you're not getting up during the night, you don't have to get up during the night if your baby's not getting up. 
I think that's a really important thing to remember because sometimes people will say, oh, your baby's sleeping all night. You still have to get up and pump because you need to maintain your supply. No, you need to do what your baby's doing and follow your baby. And that's all you need to do. But if you are in a situation where you've returned to work, baby's only latching a couple times a day because of work and they're not feeding overnight and we need to start like we're having supply issues, which sometimes happens with this situation, then that might be the first thing I suggest to you. Like if you came to me and you were like, all right, I'm really having a hard time getting enough milk for my baby for daycare. um, I'm going to probably ask like, is a baby up during the night? And if they say no, it's like, okay, I know that doesn't sound like anything you might want to do, but you might have to start pumping during the night just to yeah. like stimulate that hormone to yeah. boost your supply up. Um, but it's not those night feeds. Like if you avoid them on purpose, your supply could drop. I'm not saying it will. I'm not saying like it's a guarantee, but if you're like, I'm just going to sleep through the night from day one, somebody else can do the feeds overnight. It's not going to be me. Your supply probably will take a hit with that. That's just kind of the way it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. Kind of yeah. Those nighttime feedings. And so this is where we get into like bed sharing. Mm-hmm. Or co-sleeping, having the baby close so that you're not having to go up and down stairs or down the hallway or whatever, you know, having the baby near you so that you can easily have the baby latching at night and you can still sleep um, because that's an important time for maintaining supply. It really is. Um, the skipping feeds is the biggest, is the biggest you know, one of the biggest causes for a supply issue. And it is demanding. We know breastfeeding is very demanding, especially in the beginning. But that is what's necessary to make sure that your supply is what your baby needs. That feeding on demand, like that sets your body up for a good milk supply. So that, and that's what's just going to kind of like maintain as you go. We know that to start Breastfeeding is very hormonal. I mean, we've talked about this quite a bit, but as you continue on with breastfeeding, it becomes more of a like, I mean, there's still hormones involved, obviously, but a lot of it becomes a supply and demand thing. So if you are Mm -hmm. not telling your body you need the milk, your body is just going to kind of stop making the milk. It's not going to happen in a day, but over time, it's going to definitely start to decrease your supply. So maintaining supply is where we're like still stimulating that supply the way we need it to for your your baby to get the milk that they need. That's why in the United States, when returning to work anywhere from birth to three months, which is typical here that people yeah. return right away, um, that they struggle more with supply because it is harder to keep things going when you're not with your baby. Um couple of other so one other i wonder if we should even you know what let's let's hear from imani and then i will get into a couple other things that would maintain supply okay that sounds great we'll be right back today's episode is brought to you by imani helping mothers everywhere with the right tools Imani recently released the imani i1 dual breast pump featuring the quietest motor on the market Experience optimal pumping with hospital-grade strength output as well as a never-before-seen boost mode. 
Whether pumping from one breast or both, the smart system maintains a constant pumping pressure. Its two main cycles, massage and express, include multiple vacuums on each cycle. Portable, efficient, and hands-free, find out why Amani USA products are trusted by over 46 million mothers around the world throughout their breastfeeding journey. For more information, visit ImaniUSA.com, that's I-M-A-N-I-U-S-A.com, and use promo code BADASS, and you will get 25% off of your purchase of the Imani I1 Dual Breast Pump. And our sponsor, Imani, for today can be found um, in our show notes under this episode at BadassBreastfeedingPodcast.com. Um, in our show notes, we'll also include further information about things we talk about in this episode. And at BadassBreastfeedingPodcast.com, you'll also find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. Yes. So... All right. So one of the things I definitely want to say is you are not going to maintain a milk supply without stimulating a milk supply. So like taking all these magical beans is not going to do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's you can't just like sit on your couch and take a bunch of herbs and think that that's going to maintain your milk supply or because it's absolutely not. Or the cookies. Yes. You can't bake a lot of cookies or brownies or whatever those they are and think that that's going to maintain your milk supply because it absolutely is not. It is all about stimulating supply with either the baby, which is preferred obviously, or pumping. Um, so another thing that can really kind of go towards maintaining your supply is holding off on birth control if that's possible for you. So a lot of times they'll say like, oh yeah, birth control is not going to impact your your breastfeeding. It's not going to impact your milk supply. Um, it can. It really can. And I know that they say that there are some that will not impact it, but sometimes it will. Like you just don't know how your body's going to react until you actually do it so because of the hormones involved with, with um, breastfeeding and with birth control because birth control is hormonal. There are things that are um, like the pill. There's like a mini pill, which is lower in hormones that they say, this is fine. You can breastfeed with this pill. But if you're not somebody who likes to take pills and that's not going to be a very effective form of birth control for you if you're not like really good with it. So some people will go towards like the IUD and stuff like that, which is more common now. IUD, I think like 90% of the people I talk to get an IUD, but mm. There, I have absolutely had people that had their milk supply impacted by an IUD. And I know they say that it's not going to happen, but you don't know how your hormonal, how your hormones are going to respond. So the longer you can go, the better. And I know that they say at six weeks, you can get, you know, you'd start, you know, they start to usually kind of question about birth control. Actually, a lot of people tell me that they get questioned about birth control pretty early, like, before they even have the baby. I think sometimes that happens. Yeah, I did too. Did you? I was just like, what? I don't know. Man, right. <laughs> I'm, to, I'm just trying to, to survive right now. I know. I know. And people are like, oh, what kind of birth control? We really think you should have a birth control. And then you go for your six-week appointment, like, oh, birth control, birth control. Yep. So you feel like you need to like come up with an answer. Sometimes people tell me, no, I'm, I haven't done it. I haven't done it. Because I usually do ask, especially if they come to me with a milk supply issue or a, you know, a concern about milk supply. Birth control is one of the first things I do ask about. And 
the longer you can wait, the better. I'm not saying you can't go on anything, but the more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the more regulated your milk supply is, the better you are when you start a milk, when you start a birth control. If you started at six weeks and we're still messing around with, with breastfeeding, because we know like sometimes it takes a while to kind of get things where they need to be. It might just be too soon. Um, so even if you can wait longer, that is better. The longer you can wait, the better. Um, if you really can't wait, then just kind of keep an eye on your supply. You know, make sure that if you see any any issues to contact a lactation consultant. But if you can wait longer than six weeks, that is just going to be the better option. I mean, I don't want to tell people to not get birth control if you really need it. But um, if you can wait longer than six weeks, it's better for milk supply for sure. Um, so flange size, let's talk about that. Oh my that. God. Yes. Who, mm-hmm. who knew? <laughs> right? Who knew there were different flange sizes? I didn't know that. I was like I well didn't. into parenthood before I knew that. I had no idea about that. No. Even when I started working in this field, I feel like in the last few yeah. years, it's really exploded. Like what I didn't like is that there were other flange sizes offered with a pump, but you can't, but they don't send them. Like they'll send what, like they have a standard size that they send. Yeah, but it's like, who's like that size? Standard, yeah. <laughs> you know, like just yeah. people are spending a lot of money on these pumps. Just send them every freaking flange that, that there is. But it really can, it, it makes a difference. And I didn't know, like with Nathan, my first one, I did not pump much. Like he really did not have many bottles. My dad was six. So at one point um, when Nathan was about six months old, so I did, you know, leave bottles for him when I was at the hospital. But other than that, like he really didn't, I was home with him. So I just fed him all the time. With the twins, I did count on pumping a little bit more because I needed just an extra hand with them. So sometimes I would, you know, so I would pump a little bit more regularly with them, but I don't remember anything about flanges. Like I never heard anything no, about it. In I fact, never knew. Somebody I gave me lo- the pump. They're like, here, take this pump. You can have it. And I, it had been like cir- circulated around through a lot of people. I think um, it was not a new pump. It was nothing. I would be like, here, take this. You can use it. Somebody gave it to me. I was like, okay. I don't know where it came from or anything. Don't do that, please, people. But um, yeah, no <laughs> idea about flange sizes. None at all. No clue. She used whatever nope. was there. I just I just got what yeah. I mean when I got mine, I can't even remember what I got, but there was like a few different sizes in there. And I just like grabbed one. Yeah, you just like I didn't know something. What yeah. So like, oh, they now gave you we know. Yeah. Now we know that flanges, if they're not the right size, can impact how much milk you get out. And if you are really depending a lot on pumping, if you are parent that returns to work and pumping becomes your mainstream because we know that like when you go back to work you're gone for the majority of the day so a lot of those parents will breastfeed in the morning breastfeed once or twice in the evening and maybe overnight if their baby's still getting up overnight the rest of the time they're just pumping so it really does going back to work really does take away a lot of that mother baby contact so you are depending on your pump to maintain your supply and if your flanges aren't the right size, that can impact how much milk you're pumping. And we know that if you're not stimulating well enough, 
it's going to impact your supply over time. So that will impact your supply if you're not getting the milk out like it needs to be. And if your flange size isn't right, that could be the case. So it is important to make sure that flange sizes are right. Um, the other thing that happens with that too, that I think people don't realize is that that can change depending mm. on where you are in your breastfeeding relationship mm-hmm. too. So it may be the flange that you were using when your baby was two months old and you returned to work. Now maybe, you know, your baby's four or five months old, your body is regulated more. Now that flange needs to be changed again because the size is no longer correct. So it can really, it's something you got to stay on top of. I feel it's like flange size overwhelms me. I'm not going to lie because it's like, people are like, I don't know if it's right. This, you know, this isn't right. I don't feel like, I don't know if it's right. I don't know if I'm getting enough milk out. This is, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, there's so much. Like, why can't it be simple? I don't understand why it just can't be simple. Like just. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a way to like measure your nipple and then you add centimeters around the side or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is overwhelming. And Mm -hmm. I think that if you, if you just simply like look at when you're pumping, if you're nipple is rubbing on the sides of the flange it's too small if your whole areola is being sucked in it's too big you know and all the you know the pump companies the um whatever pump you have you have the imani like our sponsor for today you can they'll have you know they have all the different sizes so like you can just recheck again when you're pumping. If you when it's time to you know replace your valves and the whatever, um, just like take a quick look again and see if it's changed. And then you can you know you can just get that separately. The flange you don't have to buy a whole new pump. You know you can just get the the flange. Yeah, size change um, if you need it. Right, definitely. Um, I mean, it's if it's uncomfortable. If pumping is uncomfortable. We need to troubleshoot that because it is yeah. going to impact your supply over time. And it could either be, you know, using a pump is, I think a lot of people are like really intimidated by pumping at, at the beginning. They're always like, oh my God, I don't even want to get it out. Because nobody tells you parts. what to do. Right. We don't you really. come into the hospital and like, you just like, nobody tells you how what to do. This is another thing that we need to be doing in the hospital. It's like teaching people how to use them and when to use them. The other thing that I hear a lot of times with the hospital is sometimes like if you do pump in the hospital, which is, you know, like if they have you starting to pump in the hospital for whatever reason, if the baby's not latching, if you're separated from your baby, your baby's early, like, you know, any kind of those situations. And then I'll see those parents, you know, after they've been home or whatever, and they'll be like, well, this is how they, this is how they, they sized me in the hospital. This is the flange that they said was going to work for me. And it's like, that's your milk's not even in yet. I yeah. mean, so much is going to change. And plus, if you're somebody who pumps a lot, like frequently, like you're pumping several times a day, that would possibly change the size of your nipple. It's going to swell mm-hmm. it up a little bit. There's going to, you know, as opposed to somebody who pumps once every couple days, right. um, there's definitely going to be some impact there. Some people develop what they call elastic breast tissue, not to throw more into the mix, mm. but that like is sucking more um tissue into the flange and we find that those like typical flanges sometimes aren't comfortable and aren't a good size you just can't some people are between sizes like this Mm. is not a perfect science even a little bit so 
trying to find something that fits so that you can get as much milk out so that you can continue to stimulate and maintain your supply is important. So yes. And as an aside, using hands-on pumping. Uh, because yes, you can't just, just rely yeah. on the franchise either. You, you need to use your hands while you're pumping and that will, that will put it all over the top. And I, that's something that um, I feel like really went away with the hands-free bras because I think people yeah. just kind of like, like I didn't have, like when I, when my kids were well, I didn't, there was no such thing as a hands-free right. bra. Like we didn't do that. I held the flanges. Now people are like, oh my God, I don't have a bra. I have to hold the flange. And it's like, so what? Like it's going <laughs> to adhere to your body. Day. Back in my day, <laughs> I had to walk uphill and hold my flanges. <laughs> but, but it really, it really makes a difference if you can somehow be a little bit engaged in that pumping. And if you just slap those things on with a bra that might not fit that well, they're not going to, the flanges might not be as secure and they might not be suctioning as well. And it might not, it's not going to like really get the milk out. The pump is just kind of pulling the milk that's there. If you're doing, if you're massaging and you're doing that hands, you know, the hands-on pumping, that is going to help get more milk out from milk ducts that are like under the breast and on the side and all of that. So, I mean, we're not saying like massage super hard or anything like that. We're still being like, you know, gentle with your breast, but Definitely like trying to get more milk out is, you know, ideal and hand expressing really works great for stuff like that too. Yep. So yeah. So the hands on pumping, um, cause a lot of people, I think, you know, pumping is really encouraged, um, a lot of multitasking, which yeah. I mean, we're parents, we multitask anyway, but it really does become a lot of like, okay, let me, um, answer emails while I'm pumping. Let me, you know, do this and that while I'm pumping. Um, especially like, oh my gosh, we, we are, we feel so, we feel so guilty, right. To take pumping time at work. Like yeah. I have to continue working. Everyone while makes I'm you feel guilty about it. Right. So it's like, you're just, you know, but it's really important to just, even if it's just part of the time that you're pumping, you don't have to do the hands-on the entire time you're pumping, but even just for like five or 10 minutes, that can be super helpful to get as much milk out as you need to. Just, yeah. Use like pumping takes what? 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah, pretty much. Use 10 minutes of that time to just stretch your neck and do some deep breathing while you're massaging Mm -hmm. the milk out. Like just take a break. Yeah. Let that pump direct you to like just taking a minute for your Self in the middle of the day, just to breathe and like center yourself again. Is it, it is, you know, the less milk you get out with pumping, the harder your body, like, it's just, it's really hard to keep up that supply. That's why pumping is really hard to keep up supply when people like choose to, um, only pump, which is amazing to me because it's so much work. It's so hard. And every single parent that pumps needs a medal because it is just so much work. But it is really hard to maintain your milk supply when you're only pumping or when you're majority pumping because it's just, you're not able to drain the breast like the baby can. And the hormonal exchange is not the same as when the baby feeds. So it does become a little bit more difficult to maintain that milk supply. So it is crucial to make sure if you do are doing a lot of pumping that the flange sizes are right, that you're, you know, like switching out the parts, which is another thing I never realized when I had oh, my yeah. own kids, like that you should switch out those little membranes and the little duck bills and 
like if there's anything in the tubing, if the tubing gets condensation or anything in it, like to switch that stuff out every once in a while. But they, they have said like some research has showed that you should be switching out parts like every 60 pumps or something like that. Like every, you know, with every, you know, or once a month, if you pump frequently, if you're like a, a return to work person and you're pumping several times a day, like switch those parts out every month. And that's, Nothing I really realized was a thing when I, you know, had my kids. Just kind of like, all right, just pumping. I didn't know anything had to be switched out unless it was like lost. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It was just like this weird machine that made weird noises. And I didn't really understand it. And now, like, if you work and you're, you know, you're pumping, like she, like, you know, like Diane said several times a day, treat that machine, you know, like, like, Something special because that's yeah. what's going to get you through. Yeah, I mean, you you end up having a quite the intimate relationship with a pump, right? You know, <laughs> you name might not it. have intended it. I know. Name they it. They all make a sound. They all make a sound when they're pumping. Even the quietest ones make a little bit of a sound, and and some people f- hear words in there. <laughs> you know, like badass, badass. <laughs> Tell yourself that it's that it's saying something to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Pumping is hard, and we've got episodes on pumping. Maybe we'll have to do another one. Um, it's been about a while, maybe since we did a pumping episode. But yeah, pumping is like especially for a parent that returns to work. Pumping is such a focus. Like that is more the focus than breastfeeding. I feel like sometimes, like I'll get people in prenatal classes, and they're like, "All right, what what do I do about pumping?" Like that's their biggest concern. It's like we haven't lashed a baby yet. Like yeah. we're not, you know, <laughs> that's not something we're gonna talk about. But there's a lot more to it. You can't just be like, oh yeah, just, you know, hook yourself up to your pump and that's it. Like there's a right. lot that goes along with pumping. So it can be overwhelming, especially when you're trying to get breastfeeding down. And then you're trying to get breastfeeding down, and then you're trying to also figure out your pump because you gotta return to work and it's a necessary thing. So that can feel like super overwhelming. So definitely talk to somebody about it because the pumping, if you are being separated from your baby, pumping is crucial to maintaining a milk supply. It just is. Um, You got to get the milk out. You got to stimulate the supply somehow. And that's the best way to do it if you're not with your baby. Um, Like you said, like skipping feeds is going to cause a problem with supply like over time if you're somebody who's like oh my gosh we're at an appointment i missed a feeding is my supply going to be go into the toilet no if it's one time or something no um if it's something that you consistently do like oh my partner's going to give a bottle every day at 6 p.m when they return from work um so i'm gonna have a break. If you're not pumping during that time, your body is going to start to decrease supply over time if that's something that you're continually doing. But if it's like once or twice, it's not the end of the world. But if it's continuous, it's going to impact your supply over time. I mean, your supply does not like shrivel up in a matter of hours, contrary to popular belief. Right. But um it is. I've, you do need to maintain it by telling your body you're still using it. Right. And there are, what are there? It's the times where people get real edgy, like if they have like a medical procedure, if they get mm. sick, if the baby's on a nursing strike, if the baby started solids. These are all things where people start to get a little worried. 
or maybe even see. Yeah, if you're you know, seeing like, oh, less. Oh, I, you know, I, I think that my, I don't think I'm making as much milk as I used to before the, before the procedure, before I was sick. Right. You know, before they started eating solids. And the thing with solids, like I actually did see that on a list of like, you know, coming with maintaining milk supply. Um, Because when your baby starts solid, like if you start too early, that could be a problem with supply. Um, But if you start solids and you're giving solids before you breastfeed, because we always say breastfeed first, give the baby the food after. If you're doing the opposite of that and you're giving the baby food first and then you breastfeed them and they're not really hungry enough to breastfeed really well because they Mm -hmm. just had a bunch of cereal or something like that, Mm -hmm. then that's going to cause a problem with supply over time for sure. Um, Overfeeding like daycares and and childcare and stuff like that, if your baby is overfeeding, that will causes a problem with supply over time because now your baby's not feeding well when they come home because they're getting too much milk during the day. So that is why like overfeeding can be an issue um, with people that return to work and then are struggling with their supply. So those kinds of things are definitely things to look at when you're sick. Like that does, that does happen. Sometimes you're sick, depending on what you're sick with, you know, like sometimes people have like a stomach bug or something like that. Like they're dehydrated. Um, their body kind of takes a hit. You might definitely have a little bit of a supply issue with that, but it'll rebound. Like it'll come back as you're breastfeeding. Usually people don't notice that. And with the period too, like if you, when you get your period, we know that, you know, supply dips with that and then comes back up because of hormonal fluctuations. But usually you don't notice that unless you're pumping. That's when people notice it. Babies will do what they need to do, but you'll never probably, you know, unless it's a really drastic supply hit, you're probably not going to notice it with your baby breastfeeding, but you probably will notice it if you're pumping, you're going to be like, oh my God, I got two ounces yesterday. Why am I only getting half an ounce today? You know, like that kind of a thing. You're going to notice it more when you're pumping. And it just, usually we go through when people contact me about stuff like that, it's always pumping related. And we always kind of go through all the same things of like, okay, are we started birth control? Did your period come back? Um, is, you know, have you switched out flanges? Have you, you know, had, you know, tried a different size? Cause that might be it. Um, have you switched out your parts on your pump? Like we do a lot of that troubleshooting. It's not just like, oh, your supply is gone. Too bad. So sad. You'll have to do something else. Like there's other things we need to troubleshoot to see if, you know, <laughs> what's going on there. But if you just have a baby that's just nursing, that's enough to maintain your supply because the baby is telling your body if they're if they're nursing well, they're telling your body what they need. You don't need to do anything else. If your baby's nursing on demand, you should your supply should be keeping up with your what your baby's telling it it needs. And if you do feel like you have a supply issue, definitely talk to a lactation consultant. Don't put it in a Facebook group and have them give you all sorts of crazy information. Talk to a lactation consultant so you can troubleshoot it with them if you really are concerned about a milk supply issue. Cool. Yes. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Abby agrees. <laughs> uh, thank, and who thank you. Oh, no. I was going to say, ahead. who doesn't worry about milk supply at some point? 
I right? know everybody, everybody does. does. Yeah. So definitely talk to somebody so you can troubleshoot if you need to. But, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.